What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 97 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we're going to be filling you in on all the basics you need to know about super easy compost and why it's awesome, why you need compost for your yard. When we're talking about eco-friendly gardens, compost is the perfect fertility booster and kickstarter for your garden. Today is a throwback episode. This is all the way back to the episode 14, back when I called this the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That's why I changed the name to Easy Living Yards. All right, so episode 14. Now we're fast-forwarding that episode into today. So I want to repeat this episode because this is a super, super fundamental, basic, important piece of eco-friendly gardening. When we're looking at eco-friendly gardening, right, so this is making sure that we have the best garden that looks beautiful for us and for our neighbors and our friends and family, something that we're proud of, but at the same time supports beautiful, beneficial habitat for all those other creatures that live in our yards too, or that we want them to live in our yards, right? So this is about creating habitat in our space and reducing our environmental impact on the world around us, right? That's what eco-friendly gardening is about, and compost is a fundamental piece of that. So we're going to talk about the basics of what is compost, how to make it, and how to make it super easy if you need to. All right. Also how to access it if you can't make it. Compost is awesome stuff. That's the synopsis for today's show. And when we're talking about eco-friendly gardening, you know, we're reducing our chemical usage, our synthetic herbicides, uh, fertilizers, uh, that sort of thing, reducing our amount of intervention we do in our spaces. All right. And there's this is possible. So for you who think that we need these chemicals, we don't. Humans have gardened for thousands of years without synthetic chemicals, right? And so getting back to our roots there, compost has been used for thousands of years in this amendment, and there's good reason why. So we'll get into that in today's show. Sit back, tune in, relax, and really soak up all this wonderful knowledge that we're dropping from Ben Hale back in, I think this was 2018, all right? Enjoy the show, guys. Okay, let's get into the topic for today's show. I'm super excited, as usual, about this topic. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about why compost is awesome. That's right. Compost is awesome. And if you don't know why or if you haven't heard uh, people rave about compost or if you don't rave about compost yourself, I'd love for you to stick around on today's show and really learn what the beauty of compost really is. That's right. It's degraded plant matter. How can that be so beautiful? Well, compost does amazing stuff for us, and it really can make huge difference in your yard and your landscape if you incorporate compost into your into your habits and your nutrient cycling in your landscape. So uh, definitely uh, stick around today and learn more about composting. Okay, so what makes compost so cool? Well, first off, compost is one of the safest and best fertility boosters of all time. That's right, folks, all time. So 
nature has been composting for uh, as long as nature's existed. Basically, composting is simply the cycling of organic matter from a composed form, like a plant, back into a decomposed form, such as soil, good healthy soil. So that's all compost is really, is it's a a, a human version, human orchestrated version of that same process that trees and and prairies and plants have been doing along with their friends bacteria and fungi and all sorts of micro crustaceans have been doing for eons and ages it's a part of the symbiotic process of cycling nutrients back to be used again and this is really 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 important for making sure plants are healthy because plants rely on the availability of nutrients in the soil and compost really helps make these nutrients available. This is, if you had one general thing, general tool for your garden, compost would most likely be it. It is the general elixir for soil and plant health. So basically, if your soil is having issues or your plants are having issues, there's a good chance that uh, uh, some good doses of compost over time will help alleviate these problems. Again, the the main point there is over time. So compost is not something where it's a, you know, fast acting, uh, high dose um, uh, thing that's going to solve the exact problem you're having at the time. This is more of a systemic thing where compost used over time boosts the health of your landscape and boosts the health of your plants as well. And this is an age old practice. So Way, way, way back in human history, I'm not, I'm not a anthropologist, so I'm not going to quote dates here. But there's records of compost processes being used for ages and ages, and uh, composted manure has been used for on farm fields since the early ages of agriculture. It was found early on that composted material placed on a a, a field that's being used for planting and agriculture can rejuvenate the field and allow it to be used in a much longer time frame uh, without the crops failing. So that was discovered early on, and, and compost today is also very, very helpful. So let's get into understanding what compost is and where you can get it or how you can make it yourself. Uh, this stuff is all really important and really cool. So I kind of mentioned it uh, very shorthanded earlier, but Essentially what compost is, is degraded and digested organic matter. And when I'm talking organic matter, I mean uh, plant material. So so broken down plant material. It's basically the recycling of, of dead plant matter into a substrate that can be used again by plants and, and soil organisms as well. And it's basically it's kind of the it, it's basically the kind of the building blocks of soil, good healthy soil. It's a lot of the the healthy parts of good soil. Um, it's a bacterial and fungal digestion, so it's basically the output. I guess in a way, it's like, it's kind of like bacteria poop, um, but it's it's the digested uh, material that's made uh, from from plants into a bioavailable source for plants and other organisms. So basically, as a result, you've got this amazing natural amendment. Your 
you're full of biology. If you have a good, healthy, living compost, you've, you've got all sorts of biological life there that's really important for soil health. You also have high levels of organic matter, which is also very important for plant growth. Um, in addition, uh, compost has a pH buffering capacity to it that really helps balance out the, the soil life as well as uh, plant health for for most general plants that you're growing in your soil. Uh, in addition, you have a high level of nutrients that are made uh, available to plants. This is both uh, different nutrient compounds as well as minerals that uh, essentially become more soluble or more available to plants and other organisms. And in general, uh, all this sums up together to be a great soil builder for your your landscape. And so whether this is your ornamental garden or even your vegetable garden uh, or your lawn, compost really helps anywhere you're trying to grow plants. It's going to, uh, for the most part, it's going to help that plant life. There are, of course, very uh, few exceptions, but in general, most plants are going to really benefit from from the addition of compost to your landscape. So let's get into some of the details uh, about what we just talked about and why uh, the different areas make it a better uh, amendment. And then uh, we're going to get into how to use it as well on your landscape. So first, let's touch on my favorite, the biology of it. So uh, I'm just going to try and be really brief here with some of this stuff so we can get to the practical tips as well. But it's really worth mentioning uh, some of the biology and chemistry of compost. And this is just a very, very, very top level view. There's tons of research that's being done these days on compost because it's, it's, uh, you know, every, over the years, it's really been discovered as this great uh, tool uh, in the uh, healthy gardener's hand, uh, toolbox, I guess, uh, as, as an amendment. And it's, it's really trying to be understood why it's it's so great and what are the specific elements that go into making compost such a great thing but for the top level view uh you have different types of composts you have some that are bacterial dominated you have some that are fungal dominated but overall generally preferred is the fungal dominated compost and if you follow your basic composting process you'll end up with something that's a, a healthy balance of both bacteria and fungi and and both of these groups of organisms you know the healthy uh parts of both of these groups of organisms are very important for your soil. So uh, it works out great. And uh, basically, uh, <laughs> this is a, you'll hear me mention this a few times, but, but when you have a compost, uh, an indicator for a lot of different things in compost is the smell. And so when you have your like a, you know, if you have ever picked up or, or just been in a forest and you kind of smell that sweet, earthy kind of smell uh, that's, uh, you know, makes you think of a forest floor, a good healthy forest, that's your fungal compost. So it, it actually when you're, you know, you have compost, it's actually a great thing to to pick it up and, and smell the compost and just see how it smells. And if it's kind of a pleasant, that earthy kind of sweet smell almost too, um, you're, you're looking at good, well, you're smelling and holding good compost. And uh, that's your good fungal life in the compost that's really helping to balance out that and hold together all those organic nutrients present in the compost and to keep them from leaching away and to help balance, uh, hopefully, your plants once you put it in your landscape. 
And ideally, you do want a, a fungal-dominated compost, or at least ha- has a healthy amount of fungi, fungi present. Um, these really help uh, balance out um, the soil life. And so wild bacteria are important and crucial for uh, a good, healthy soil ecosystem. Uh, fungi are also very important, and, and they're a sign of a more mature ecosystem at the same time. Uh, your compost should not be hot, which means uh physically temperature hot and because that's an indication that it's still in the composting process and that's when you have more of a bacterially dominated process so the early decomposition phase is generally speaking a bacterially dominated process and while there there are good bacteria present there um, if it's being done right in the presence of uh, good moisture level and good air level um, you you don't want to be putting hot compost on your soil because it kind of stops the whole process when you kind of spread it out. Your, your compost needs to be done in a dense pile if it's done properly uh, for a, a your faster processes. And I mean, when you kind of stop that and, and spread it too early or whatever, if you get compost that's not fully composted uh, from, say, a supplier and, and you do that, uh, what you end up with is something that's decent, but it's not as good as if you left it to go the complete process. Okay, well, I could probably go on for a, a quite extensive period of time on and the biology of, of compost, but that's enough for now. And so let's just talk really, really quickly here about the chemistry. And, and all I really want to say is, for one, it's very high in organic matter because you're putting... Uh, plant material in and so what you're getting out is all of that organic matter that that generally is is eroded that's the kind of one of the first things that's eroded from your soils and most of us uh, that live in a developed area are are devoid of our topsoils because when it's developed uh, you a lot of times the topsoil is either scraped off or during the development phase it, your soil becomes so compacted that you uh you end up with poor soil and poor anchoring of the soil. And so your topsoil ends up being washed away during construction as well. So either way, uh, your soil is mostly, most likely low in organic matter is my point here. And so this high organic matter that uh, comes in uh, with your compost is very important. And, and when I'm saying organic matter, again, I, earlier I said it's, that means it's plant-derived. But even more specifically from a chemistry standpoint, that means it's your carbon and hydrogen chains that are coming in and, uh, and it's something important that's, uh, that's important for plant life. And the more you have in your soil, generally speaking, the better. And it's very rare that you have too much organic matter unless you're, you know, say you have a pot that's filled straight with compost. That's actually too strong for your plants, generally speaking, and not good as well. But but when we're talking about uh, just our landscape itself, our gardens and such, uh, it's it's pretty rare that you have too much. So along with your organic matter, you also have what's called organic acids. So these are uh, organic chain acids that are very important for plant and microbe nutrient transfer. It's a very diverse group of organic acids, but but basically they help with nutrient transfer. They help with um, taking up different nutrients and uh, making them available both to the soil life as well as the plants in the soil. And and in general, too, uh, your compost is just good at holding nutrients in place and preventing them from being washed away. So it's for, good at forming these small aggregate 
aggregate clumps of material uh, that that traps in some of these uh, good available nutrients so that uh, other organisms can use them, including plants and microbes. Okay, so now we understand a bit more about what compost is and uh, so what's it, what's it made of, both the biological and chemical aspect, uh, as well as why that's important. Um, and so now, how do we actually use it in our landscape? That's important too, right? So, okay, we understand a, a bit more about it, but what's the practicality, right? What's, what does it really mean for me? So let's understand that a bit more. The first way I think about using compost is simply as an amendment. So if you consider uh, the normal process that people use of spreading a synthetic fertilizer on their landscape, they're walking around with a spreader, basically, and, and dropping granules of fertilizer or weed and feed or whatever across their landscape, right, across their yard. Or they might be uh, putting something, spreading something around in the garden as well. And instead of that, what you can do is simply replace it with a certain amount of compost instead. So if you really, uh, you get some good strained compost, you can actually use it in a spreader similarly to uh, what you would do with uh, your synthetic type material. And, And instead you might put on a little heavier amount of compost because here what you have is it is a concentrated, uh, bunch of you know really good healthy stuff for your soil you wouldn't want to use it in its full concentration just you know 100 percent compost but when you spread it out over the soil it's good to have a healthy amount of compost added as an addition to your soil so when you're talking about say feeding for the fall or early spring are two good times to use it as i'll mention later again um but you're generally using much more than, say, what you would use with a synthetic fertilizer because your synthetic fertilizers are very concentrated chemicals that are available uh, very quickly and leach through the soil very quickly, whereas compost is a more uh, a long-term release type thing that's slowly building your soil health. So when we're spreading an amendment, yeah, you can do it uh, in late fall, you can do it in early spring, and and generally speaking, when you're spreading it, a good thing to do is kind of go through your compost, break up clumps. Uh, A lot of people have this, like a frame that they make with some hardware cloth and just say some two by two or one by two uh, material that they can like throw over their wheelbarrow and, and throw a couple shovelfuls of compost on and really sift through it just really quickly. That's all you want to do is break up uh, any big clumps or aggregates or material that might not have gotten fully uh, decomposed in there. And it makes it just much easier to work with as you're spreading it throughout your landscape or, or around your garden beds or whatever. And uh, when you're using it, you can also, uh, if you're making sort of uh, topsoil amendments, you can mix it in your topsoil as well as you're putting this around. And uh, make sure you're covering it, if, if say, with a garden bed. If you're spreading it around, it's really good to add a, a layer of mulch top that as well, just to protect the compost and prevent it, say, from getting burned by the sun, drying out too much. Uh, because, again, this is both a living and chemical addition that you're making to the soil. So you want to actually protect the organisms as well to give the fullest benefit to your soil and to get the most out of your compost. Um, The uh, next piece you can do is, this is kind of a somewhat of a controversial topic, but uh, compost tea is basically making a liquid uh, concoction of your compost. And there's various methods about 
uh, how to do this and how to even boost the the living uh, organism content above what it currently is in your compost. Uh, and I'm not really going to get into the details, but I just want to throw it out there as, as an option in case you're curious. You can find tons of information on compost tea. But uh, it's another way to basically take your compost and then use it as a liquid amendment and you can actually spray it over say i've done this where i've sprayed it over our lawn um, or on your in your garden beds you use it as a liquid addition and uh, what this does is at first you have to have enough organic matter already present in your soil but but what this does is then it adds uh, some of these soluble materials that are present in your compost as well as a lot of the living organisms present in your compost um, it gives them kind of a direct access to your soil and so that's another option to do and one thing i would recommend or, or almost caution is to always use your compost on the surface uh, there have been some recommendations here and there about tilling it in uh, for one i'm always kind of cautious about tilling um, it can really disrupt your soil ecosystem that we're trying to protect for our healthy plants and, and for low maintenance. And and the other thing too is compost is just, it works best on the surface because it's it's meant as an aerobic environment. That means an environment with oxygen is kind of how we process it uh, when we're making it. And, and it's important to maintain that because if it goes anaerobic, it can cause kind of a disruption in your whole ecosystem with your soil. So if you're not putting it on the surface, it can really trigger something you don't want to happen with your soil. So, and that goes if you're even, say, planting a tree. Sometimes, you know, you you maybe have heard recommendations to put compost in the in the planting hole. I actually recommend not to do that. So when you're planting something like a tree or transplanting, instead, after you plant, uh, then top dress over the top of the planting area with compost that can slowly percolate through the soil uh, in a more natural way, uh, a more natural manner that um, is, is more like a, uh, a a process that happens in the forest. So something to just kind of caution about there. You don't want to really be putting it underneath the surface where it can cause problems. So where can you get your compost? That's the next piece. And so maybe you're not really set on making your own compost, or it sounds like a ton of work, which I'll get into in just a little bit, but there's also available compost that you can get uh, for anywhere from free to um, premium compost that may be a little bit more uh, expensive, but uh, nothing that's too outrageous. Because basically here we're, again, talking about de uh, decomposed plant material. So what you're paying for is how well the process is managed, what quality of material is going in, and uh, how well it's delivered to you. The first area I would check out is uh, municipalities and local uh, townships and governments. Uh, this isn't always the case, but a lot of local areas will collect yard waste and what they'll do with it is turn it into compost. And so you might be able to access some of this uh, locally sourced compost material uh, and, and the municipality does the, the processing work for you and then kind of gives it away a lot of times for free or for very low costs for high quantity. And yes, you're not getting the maybe the highest quality compost there is, but for the cost for one and for the benefit you get out of it, it's very well worth it. And I've, I've utilized this, uh, multiple times where, uh, there are a couple local areas, uh, where I live that have kind of, it's like a, a free yard waste pickup day where instead of 
them picking up your yard waste, you're picking up their decomposed yard waste. So you can have, you can get free mulch from uh, the local area and you can also get free compost as long as you have something to haul it in. And I've, I've actually seen uh, people actually come with, they put a tarp down in their car and then they put some buckets on top of it and they'll just fill up the buckets and it, it survives the trip home without destroying their car. And uh, that, that's a good way to get some free, uh, high quality material it's not your the world's best compost it's not closely managed or anything um it's just kind of left to kind of do its own thing and maybe turned on occasion just to help the breakdown process by the uh, local municipal uh, facilities teams but um, what you'll get is still a composted product that has uh, some good value for your landscape and it's still worth kind of checking out so uh, that's the first place I would check. If you just kind of want to get a start here, um, you can get a ton to work with and uh, for, for very low expense and, uh, you know, a little bit of effort, but not too outrageous. The next area you could check is landscape suppliers. So you, this is anywhere from the consumer level supplier, or you can go to those kind of contractor landscape suppliers where they have big bulk uh distribution of stuff and you can you know order a whole scoop of material a whole you know uh uh, like front loader bucket of material cubic yards um and uh, generally get a pretty decent price again here i would really recommend for these sources to do the smell check that i talked about earlier so uh smell it uh and make sure you kind of feel how it feels if it feels like you know good uh, forest topsoil. You know, that's what we're going for here is as close as we can get to that is the healthier compost. And, uh, so again, back to the landscape supplier. So you can get, you know, a good bulk supply of it. And as long as you have a way to haul it or, you know, rent a truck for an afternoon, uh, from your local contractor store, um, either way, that's a great way to get some compost as well. Again, sometimes it's not the highest quality stuff, but if it passes the smell check, it's probably good enough to use in your landscape. Uh, the next step, if you want something that's a bit more convenient, uh, a bit more uh, small scale, you can check out a lot of stores actually carry packaged compost. And so you can check out your local home uh, supply store, as well as uh, one of my uh, lo- local, like there's the local Whole Foods that carries during the growing season, they actually carry packaged organic compost. So, you know, that's high quality stuff. Uh, they're, uh, I've kind of read through the back label of that just out of curiosity. I've never purchased the product, but, uh, they, it sounds like they do a pretty good job of trying to manage the composting process, the inputs and the process itself, uh, to get a high quality product. And so with these packaged materials, you're generally paying a bit more, uh, than, well, of course, more than the free version, but even more than the bulk version as well. Uh, but you also might be getting a higher quality product as well. So, uh, something to think about there. If you want to start small or you want to start convenient or you want to start the clean way, I guess, uh, uh, of hauling at home, uh, you can check some of those options out as well. Uh, now for tips. So again, just to kind of reiterate, you want to make sure your compost passes the smell test. If you get kind of a rotten smell or an off smell, that's not stuff you want to be putting on your landscape, uh, because it's most likely gone anaerobic. That's where a lot of the off smells come from. And it's not healthy stuff for your plants. It actually might, uh, increase the, uh, opportunity for disease or problems with your plants or your soil itself. 
So try and avoid the stuff that doesn't smell good or feels too like sticky or clay or whatever. That's also not great stuff. So it kind of, you want it to have kind of a loose crumbly feel, but still clumps together. So it's kind of like a, a little bit of a wet sponge type thing. Um, if it's dried out, it might not, you know, stick together as much, but you also try and want to avoid the stuff that's too dried out. You want some moisture there as well. Um, Okay, so you also want to get, when I think about composting, I always seem to not have enough. Uh, again, I love this stuff. It's really useful. It's great to just put on your landscape, and it's it's hard not to do, um, or it's hard to mess up, I guess. So you can't do too much, really, uh, unless you're talking 100% compost. Uh, so I would recommend getting as much as your budget allows, and also get more than you think you need. Because odds are you'll end up using it and whatever you don't use, you can kind of tuck in the back corner and um, save it for a later time as long as you're not letting it leach away in the rain or whatever. So um, uh, those are two points there as well. So a quick bit on how to make compost. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail, but I want to give you a couple resources as well. Uh, but really the, the trick here is if there is a trick, it's you got to maintain your carbon to nitrogen balance. So think of your carbon. A lot of times, uh, composters talk about greens and browns. So browns are your carbon. Greens are your, your, uh, nitrogen source. So, uh, generally th speaking, your fresher plant materials are higher in nitrogen and your deader plant materials are higher in carbon and you got to have a good ratio. You generally want a lot more carbon than you do nitrogen. So if you have too high nitrogen, that's when you get smelly compost. Uh, it's kind of wet and soggy and nasty smelling. Um, you don't want too much of that. Uh, but again, you need some of it to accelerate the breakdown process. That's what triggers the bacterial degradation process that starts the composting process and gets the pile hot so it can heat up and do its thing and break down a lot of that plant material. And then the fungus comes in after that to kind of finish it off and get you a nice balanced um, product. So, so the fungus prefers the carbon part, but it, you need that nitrogen part to kind of kickstart your pile at the same time. So, um, make sure you have a good ratio there. And again, this isn't rocket science. So if it starts smelling, you add more dry material, your, your leaves, your old dried grass clippings, straw, hay, um, that sort of thing. Or, um, if it's, uh, you know, not moving very much, you're not getting a good amount of moisture in there and it doesn't seem to be doing anything, then you need more nitrogen stuff, your greens. So you had fresh grass clippings or freshly uh, trimmed plants or whatever. Uh, or you can even do something like coffee grounds is actually a good nitrogen source to, to help kickstart your pile. So that's kind of some tips when you're making your own pile. Generally speaking, you need a pile big enough they recommend four foot by four foot by four foot, which is actually a lot of material when you come to think about it. But uh, I'm here to say you, you don't need actually that much to get started. If you're looking just to get started here and make something, uh, you can start with less than that. But you want to accumulate somewhat before you go ahead and try and start composting. Um, another thing people are concerned about is how much do you have to turn it, right? Again, this isn't rocket science here. So if you put together a pile and you just say, what I like to do actually with our yard is uh, just kind of starting in layers. So we actually use a lot of our kitchen waste that's safe for composting. So no meats, uh, no dairy that we put in our compost, but most uh, vegetable-based um, 
outputs, uh, waste from our kitchen is put in the compost pile and, uh, uh, we layer it with, uh, just leaves or, or some straw or whatever kind of dried material we have laying around to kind of keep some critters out of it as well as, uh, uh, form a good layering of both carbon and nitrogen. So we let that accumulate over uh, several months, actually, until we have enough to really start making some compost. And then we uh, go to the next uh, bin to start filling that. So we have a three-bin system. Uh, not necessary, but more convenient when you really get into composting. And that first bin, once you kind of leave it go, you can actually just let it go. And it, it will take longer, but uh, you'll get compost out of it eventually if you just let it go. Or if you want it to speed up, you actually turn it. So you can take a, a fork or a spade and kind of turn your compost. So flip the pile over, uh, dig through it, flip it over um, a couple times. Uh, if you want it faster, you do it more often. Uh, if you want it to be slower or less work, you just do it less often. And that's it, really. Um and eventually you'll start to see everything broken down get your nice compost and again you use temperature and smell as your indicator so if it's if it's not super hot anymore uh, that means it's most likely most finished off and you can start using it and if it smells good uh, again that means you probably have good compost and that's really it guys i'm not going to get any more detail than that today because those are the basics and the key here is just to get started to get something on your landscape that's going to help boost your soil health and again the more healthier soil is that generally speaking, the less work we have to do in our landscape because the plants are happier, they're healthier, they're going to take care of themselves, and we don't have to do it. So that's the awesome thing about good, healthy soil is it leads to good, healthy plants and a good, healthy family, right? Uh, so on that rosy note, uh, I think I'm going to wrap up there. Um, the other points I want to make here uh, real quick is... If you're interested in learning more about this stuff, uh, I've got a couple resources in the show notes, but uh, just a few points. One is the Rodale Institute um, has long been researching compost and the benefits of composting, and uh, they have a great uh, book that's a guide to composting, and it covers all different ways you can do composting at the home scale. And so it's worth checking out if you really want to nerd out on this stuff like I do. Um, it's definitely worth a check, uh, a check out. And... Uh, also, just go to YouTube and, and see what people are doing there. There's tons of different ideas on how to do composting. The easy way, the fast way, the, the lazy way, um, you know, the, the simple way, the cheap way, whatever. And uh, see what fits for you, you know, the pretty way, right? How it looks nice in your landscape. How can you do it that looks nice? Um, stuff like that. So just go check out YouTube or something like that. Um, Google uh, they're both your friend here when you want to learn more about compost. And uh, they, there's just tons of free, great resources out there about composting. And I'll also have um, some great links in the show notes as well. I do have a link to uh, uh, a friend of mine who has some great stuff over at the 10th Acre Farm. So Amy Strauss, uh, 10thacrefarm.com. She has a great uh, article on composting. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, definitely worth a check out there. Uh, if you just want to get started in this, she has a great guide on just getting started with composting and also how to build a, a great compost bin for pretty easy, pretty cheap as well. So uh, that's it, guys. All right. Fast forwarding back to now, this is Ben Hale from 2019. <laughs> um, so, you know, this was about, you know, 80 episodes ago that we first recorded this podcast, and it's still pertinent today. That's why I brought this episode forward again, is 
for those of you who have already listened to it and for those of you who haven't heard it, it's worth a listen or a re-listen, right? This is fundamental, fundamentally important stuff. Compost is amazing, all right, and what it can do to boost the fertility, to kickstart the life in your soil. Most of us that live in the suburban areas or urban areas, our soils are degraded, all right? During construction, through heavy traffic, you know, over spaces and stuff, our, our topsoil has been completely either washed away or physically removed during the um, construction process, okay? And so rehabilitating our soils is really important when we're trying to kickstart new gardens. Yes, there are super hardy plants that you can plant in certain spaces that don't need this, but most garden plants, they enjoy that first boost as you're recreating a new garden or if you're, you know, wanting to increase the fertility of your current spaces, compost is an amazing thing. All right. For any resources today, you can go over to easylivingyards.com slash episode 97, and all the resources will be right there. Guys, again, you know, if you're looking for some super easy plants, you can plant almost anywhere in the U.S. and have success with, go on over to easylivingyards.com slash easyplants, get your free guide there. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.